Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Cole Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose, a miraculous Super Lamera, David Starr. Support Wrestle Talk. You are watching Wrestle Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk and please subscribe now. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. Support Ollie, support me, support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Because we talk about wrestling, and I like it. Support Wrestle Talk. Don't subscribe. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. WWE Raw has invaded NXT. I think we're live. Maybe. I don't know. It's not maybe showing just... up on my things, but maybe we are. Hi, everyone, if you have joined us. Looks like maybe you have. I don't really know. Nobody knows. Are we live? In the chat, let us know if we're live. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. I don't know what we're doing. I'm really hopeful. Oh, I'm getting oh, an advert. You're just going to advert on I'm our own stream. I'm getting, like, it's taking a while. Yeah, we're live, it's saying. It's just taking is, a really is, long time to update This is why things. we're not supposed to... This is why we need yeah. someone in here to start it for yes. us. Anyway, WWE Raw <laughs> invaded NXT. Welcome to Wrestle Talk Live. This is the NXT review. I'm Al Fakador Laurie Blake. This is housemate Simon Longdon. Get your super chats in because we'll be going through them after we go through the top story. And at the end of the show, once we've done the sort of whole wrap up of what happened on this week's NXT. And boy, howdy. Hmm. It's a pretty cool show. I think it wasn't like wasn't quite on the level of uh, what's been happening week. on SmackDown no. and Raw. The, the level of invasion here was very much uh, we can spare these people from the main roster, yeah, and you can have them for one night only. Yes, but I mean, if you're going to choose people to bring down from the main roster, the OC is a really good mm. set of people to do. Seeing AJ Styles walk into Full Cell for me was like, oh my god! Yeah, oh, there's was, so many possibilities here. It's so funny, isn't it, when um, WWE does stuff like this, where you go, oh, so you are aware mm-hmm. that this audience specifically thinks those three are amazing, mm-hmm. so you do it. So it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and then, <laughs> but they never see. But it's it's so strange when they pick and choose to sort of 
blink back into reality. Mm. You know? well, all that all that time they weren't doing anything with Gallows and Anderson specifically as well. Like AJ's always been a main eventer in WWE. Really, they've yeah. always had like they've always had very high hopes for him uh, on Except the main roster. Pardon? Except Vince. Except Vince. But like, <laughs> I think overall he's been booked pretty strong. Yeah, yeah, he's had really he good runs. Gallows and Anderson had a really long time where they just were backstage going wearing goofy glasses yeah. and just doing uh, hot Ball Asian wife jokes. jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so why couldn't they have gone to NXT? But we finally got it here. The show opens this week with Mara Ronello saying that uh, there has been uh, a backlash from NXT's invasion of SmackDown and Raw and the OC have turned up. Minutes before they went live, the OC jump the Undisputed Era backstage, which I think there was kind of this like weird ripple effect in the crowd where they didn't quite know what was going on as Mara announced this. Um, and then the beatdown was kind of like, it was really well shot in this kind of like back alley. Mm. But you saw all the Undisputed Era laid out, and it, it almost worked like this kind of slow reveal that it was like, oh, that's AJ. Yeah, and everyone, yeah, like there was this sort of ripple as you saw Gallows and Anderson beating people down, and then they sort of parted, and there's AJ in the middle, and everyone goes, "Oh my god, AJ!" Yeah. And then they walk in to the arena, they get into the ring, AJ gets on the mic, and he says, "Well, before that happened, Gallows, for no oh. reason, just wrecked a camera guy into the stairs <laughs> as they got into the ring, <laughs> just picked this kid up, just <laughs> they've got very because he can, they've just got very different ideas yeah. of what an invasion is, I think." <laughs> Uh, so AJ gets into the ring. Uh, there was a, there was talk of it being a receipt earlier as well, which I really liked. AJ gets on the mic. He says, The Undisputed Era tried to take over Raw because they wanted a war. We're bringing the war to you. The OC is taking over NXT. And as your champions out are out of commission, this is not just phenomenal. This is undisputed. Mm. Which is a line that gets overused, but... Coming out of AJ's mouth, I was like, this it is fine. It was a good little promo. It put over yeah. everything it needed to put over. But then Champa's music hits, and he walks out to massive Daddy's Home chants mm-hmm. and all the kind of... Uh, I've just written, who's effing excited in my notes? That would be me. Yeah, that'd be you. I'm effing excited. Um, he gets on the mic, and he says, for years now, people have been asking, when are you going up to the main roster? Uh, and he says, then he turns around to AJ and says, well, let me be the first one to welcome you, AJ, to the main roster. Mm. <laughs> and I just, what a like amazing moment to have at Full Sail and everyone there just being like, yeah, we, we've obviously always been viewed as the lesser brand and mm-hmm. we're the most, probably the most passionate fans that WWE has, I think, go to Full Sail specifically because mm-hmm. they're there every single time. And since this has gone weekly, they are there even more weirdly yeah. every single week. Um, I just... I love this promo. I loved seeing them like staring down. He says, uh, NXT has always been the show, and it also happens to be Daddy's Home. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a great promo. But to be fair, great promo from both of them because then AJ does, and for some reason, he, he often has been asked to do this specific kind of wrestling promo, which is the what, you and what army mm-hmm. promo. And AJ has a sort of old school kitschness to his delivery of stuff that that really works with those mm-hmm. with those kinds of premises. He's often like even with the the undisputed line, he kind of lands it. Yeah. And you sort it's a corny line, but there's something about his delivery that I think he actually gets away with he's he sort of whatever script he's obviously given, I feel like what he does is just distills it to its like 
mm. most fat-free essence, and then just says that version of it. He's weird. Do you know he, what I mean? Well, I think I think because he's, he's he's interesting, AJ. Because as the baby face, he's always really fiery, and as the heel, he just plays it kind of straight down the yeah. line, old school heel, and is very cocky. But he just, he'll just he's happy to be the plum and be like you and one army yeah. and everyone and it just really works because then he does do the oh and you, you're just the only person that yeah, had yeah, the balls yeah. to come out here and then who walks out from backstage Keith Lee and Matt Riddle to flank Champa mm-hmm. and they basically say you know you might as well get your gear on because we're going to have a match tonight yeah what a hot opening. Great. to NXT. Loved it. I like I like the fact as well that you know it's it's a smart idea to take the undisputed era out of commission in this instance because then we have the promise that that might be a thing. You know that there might be some more showdowns with that on Survivor Series. You don't want to do the OC versus undisputed era because that is a really big money match for WWE somewhere down the line. And also, undisputed era are being so heavily featured on the Raw storyline with Triple H mm-hmm. that. You know, we don't need to see them on this end as well. Yeah. It's fine. You know, they're they're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have the... This is the sort of 1A storyline to the whole invasion. It can sort of... I like the idea that it also hammers down the... Hammers in the idea that it is, a, it is not simply a uh, war between the egos of Triple H and Seth Rollins. Or yeah. between... Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not just, oh, this is really about the two top guys... Mm-hmm. And everyone else has to look like a bit of a geek to make that feud work. No, there's there's, that, there's, there's, multiple, angles, there's yeah. multiple angles here, and I think they've uh, it could have very easily gone the other way very quickly, mm. considering how quickly this was hashed together. Yeah, but I think this really worked and felt very it felt really big. And I think it's important on Undisputed Era's own show as well that sometimes the focus needs to be on their pay per view because we're now building to two pay per views in NXT on the same weekend that NXT is involved in, um, and that just that just wasn't what was happening before. So now we yeah. have to like undisputed era probably are going to be in the marquee match that will be the war game. They are in the war games match. I don't know whether the men's one or the women's one is going to be headlining the show, but you imagine they're going to do a top and tail. Yeah. Um, so undisputed era are in the biggest match on the men's side of things. You don't want them to also be the only thing being spoken about in terms of survivor series as well, because you want to save their build for war games. I would say. And so mm-hmm. it's smart here to use Champa, Lee and Riddle as the t- as like their half of their, you know, they're the other war games team and they've got a, a spot left to choose. But to use them here to sort of, this is a, a really interesting double build, this match they book for the end of the show between Riddle, Lee, Champa and the OC. Because not only is it building the Survivor Series angle, but it's also these guys coming together for the first, like to work together to take on another club like team, yeah, another proto bullet club type thing. It is also it's, it's basically it's a practice round for war games for them. Yeah, exactly. It's also interesting that um, you know to send. I think it makes perfect sense to send uh, the OC down there, but at the same time, as <laughs> as a sort of broader wrestling fan, you are sort of thinking it was a few months ago. Gallows and Anderson were going to leave the company. Mm. AJ's only been there for a few years himself. Like, why are these guys suddenly the spearhead of the Yes Go WWE police? Oh, it was yeah, quite, yeah. It's quite a strange... Well, it was because they got so, to win the, the best tag team in the world. They did the thing that happens all the time, is that at Saudi, they gift them something, and then the yes. people want to stay. Oh, uh, that's true, yeah. Happened to the revival. Yeah, that's true. And also, <laughs> Everyone. also I think it's important to note... See, I only made one note about this. 
which is that uh, it's just, oh, well, apart from that spearhead thing, uh, it was, they're awesome, just three dudes who wear dress shoes and bootcut jeans. Yeah. <laughs> proper wrestlers. <laughs> proper, proper wrestlers. They don't know how to dress if they're not dressed in mm. spandex. So then th- there was a weird bit after this where they were sort of, uh, on commentary, they were talking about it, and Nigel was like, that's going to be an amazing main event. If William Regal remembers to book it, to book, yeah, that was book, slightly he odd. Sort of forgot, like, he knew it was that. Obviously, it was like, well, you know, it's the main event. I saw you've forgotten I... that you've forgotten that we haven't said that it is. And then later on in the show, they did a big like this news just in, and they had a little breaking news bar come yeah. up, and it's like this match has been announced. It's like, well, Nigel already spoiled. That, I kept so. expecting them to pan up to Regal's weird sort of crow's nest that he has. Romeo, Romeo. (laughs) Just rise up like Alistair Black and just start decrying (laughs) things. (laughs) That'd be good. Town Town Cryer, William Regal, would have been a great gimmick. They should bring that back. Bring that. Um, But then, so the main event was this match. What I enjoyed about this was that when, say, when the OC were coming out, the full sale crowd were completely playing along with the idea that they're the bad guys, they're the heels, and they were getting the right boos and like, you know, as big a deal as it is that those three guys are there, and it is crazy to think like you're you're basically in front of the biggest wrestling fans that WWE mm-hmm. has. So these people, like people who were seeing them turn up and being like, well, you know, we knew all the New Japan guys who all came through here. We was Finn Balor was over before he ever wrestled in NXT. To know that Finn Balor's in the back somewhere and these guys are out here. This is madness. Yeah. And they still went, no, you're the bad guy, so boo. That's part of the story. This is, I think, the Which massive... Which the fun of the, the sort of suspending your disbelief. Yeah. And also, this is the benefit of doing it in front of a smaller crowd. Mm-hmm. Because the, the bigger the crowd gets, the more on their own they are. They're just... They're, 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 it's a different beast. Whereas with a smaller crowd, I think they're just more likely to play along. Mm-hmm. And I think for the... I think maybe for casual fans, it makes the product look smaller which is a detriment. But the plus side of it is is that uh, the the narratives come across so much more clearly. You feel the reaction yeah. much more viscerally. It's just so it's so yeah, it's just so much more clear what is happening at any given time. Yeah. And you know, it's I think it's a real plus for the I I it, it's you forget how much the crowd is involved in getting over you know, we're so used to those weird mm. mixed reactions in big crowds now. Yeah, like, but like when Champa came back after heel turn on Johnny Gargano, and like he didn't speak in his promo, he got the same reaction that it took Roman Reigns beating the Undertaker to get mm. for just throwing Johnny into a barricade and yeah. knocking him about a bit. But like it went on for so long, but it felt so visceral because it was such a small. It feels like such a small community, and I think that's what was beneficial here is that <clears throat> it allowed the OC to feel like the heels. Whereas I think maybe in some other rooms, AJ Styles walking into the room is always kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think the match itself was really, really fun. It was yeah. really good. The NXT guys came off looking really good. The OC looked like the sort of consummate tag team professionals they were. AJ did that brilliant thing that I think AJ manages to do, which is even though he's the small guy, he always looks intelligent. He always looks like he's in control. Even up against Keith Lee, he had the right answers, the right things to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that's such a good character trait for AJ to have is not to be the sort of snivelling heel or like, I'm outmatched, I'm out, you know, he's stronger, whatever. I am such a consummate professional that if I have to chop down Keith Lee, I'll do that easily. And yeah. he does in this match. And, you know, it's it's Anderson who takes more of the sort of you're the small guy against the big guy spots. Yeah, and I think this is why AJ, I think, still is 
very much in the top five workers mm -hmm. at the minute. You know, there's lots of people who are able to do more spectacular things than AJ now just because of age and whatever. But his experience and the breadth of people he's wrestled for so many years, mm -hmm. like you said, the subtleties of his work now, you know, he he really can just drag gold out of anything. So when you put him in the in the ring with amazing athletes, mm -hmm. you know, it just it always clicks every time. He's he's he is amazing. And it's kind of it's also just fun to see them. It's been happening recently just with their sort of small push for the OC thing anyway. But the swagger that they come out with, you forget that when they get put into the context of something like NXT, suddenly that's magnified. Mm -hmm. Suddenly they felt these are like rock stars turning up. You yeah. know, this, it, was, it was funny how cause I didn't expect to feel any of that, you know, in the yeah. match or otherwise. And I actually really felt that from the crowd as well. I just thought it was a really interesting dynamic. So I saw the spoiler that the OC were there on the train on the way in this morning right. before I'd watched NXT. And fortunately, it was the opening minutes of the show, so it didn't really spoil the show for me. And that's all I saw was them turning up. And just the walk around from the station to here, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. What could happen? What, <laughs> I was like, getting there, trying to get there as quickly as possible so I could find out. And I just think it, everything about it paid off. Like, the, this, I thought this match was so well structured as well in the fact that it was it was started as this big brawl. So it felt like brand supremacy, kind of everyone's quite heated. You've come here to our home soil and attacked us in front of our fans. And then it broke down into the OC working over Champa and then... Um, working like didn't work over Lee but like keeping Lee out of the match and then it built up to this big Matt Riddle hot tag mm. and he just went crazy yeah. like he he came in and he hits like um, he's oh no that was it he hit big uh, jumping forearm yeah. strikes on AJ and Anderson in the corners big exploder suplexes Broton to AJ's front Broton to Anderson's back the PK to AJ big gut wrench German suplex into a pin it was amazing. I just mm. thought this was like, oh yeah, and this is we've saved a star here for yeah. just this star making hot tag. It's funny because I um I have I haven't watched as much NXT as, as I normally would over the last sort of maybe month or two, and I really like Matt Riddle, but I just wasn't I've just not been sort of exposed to him as much as some other people have. Mm. So I'm just not. It's not that I'm not into him. I just ha just haven't you know seen it enough, and I'm so big on Keith Lee. And I, I just forgot that the Matt Riddle hot tag is such a fun thing. <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah. Is a, it is. I was just like, but he builds oh, wow. to it so well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Like you can see him on the. He he works the crowd up amazingly from his corner as well. Mm. Um, there was also some really fun stuff with Gallows and Keith Lee in the ring at the same time. They were doing a sort of big guy. I'm going to shove you spot. Gallows kept shoving him and he didn't get anywhere. And then Lee uh, shoves him. Gallows takes a step back and it's like mm, not of respect there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just. I think this match, actually the, the structure of it and the having three people, like a similar sort of team set up on both sides really worked. They complemented each other really nicely. All the breakdowns were amazing. I think the final moment, like the final closing stretch where AJ was, I think it was AJ against, I think it was uh, Champa. Um, was it Riddle? Oh yeah, so it was Riddle... Uh, eats the boot in the corner, AJ goes for the forearm, misses, Lee gets back into That's the it. ring and goes for the big pounce, but pounces AJ into the ref and the ref takes a huge bump. Then there's like a Fosbury flop to the outside. Which Someone he nearly else, killed Riddle. He nearly killed Riddle. <laughs> Riddle nearly, like, that's the thing, he had bare feet on and I think his toes just hooked the ropes yeah. and he just didn't <laughs> yeah. go over quite as well as he hoped. Um, and then Balor's music hits and he runs down and he does the 1916 uh, onto Riddle but AJ hits the Pele kick on Champa in the ring, so knocking him out. 
AJ stands in the centre of the ring, Balor on the ramp. AJ just raises up the little two sweet. And Balor just does his little finger guns at AJ. Which I don't know whether that's like, I'm going to get you. Or show well, no, well, normally, normally but it's a cool the, little moment. Yeah, because like, normally the guns thing was also what they would do when the Bullet Club were about to be set upon someone by the leader. Yeah, so that's like the... So I thought he was doing it at Champa. Ch- Champa. Maybe. Um, but I think also it was just that it was one of those, like, I think you can... I think they just wanted to have a fun moment mm-hmm. between two former leaders of the, the Bullet Club. Club. I don't think it was necessarily supposed to kind of expose any, uh, oh, I wonder if they're going to... Whatever. I think it'd be quite fun, actually, because I've always been... I think the time is kind of... This isn't necessarily the right time to like do any of that stuff yet yeah but to have teams have to have those guys kind of just bump up against each other mm-hmm. i think give it another year or so then then it'll be like oh we remember this yeah whereas now it's kind of a bit like oh well we like i sort of forgot there was that period there was that sort of year-long stretch of wwe where it was like will they will mm-hmm. they will they and they never did but they kept doing the callbacks to it and it got a bit yeah boring so it was quite it was it was a fun little moment uh, but they've never been on the same side. No, exactly. Like, like they've never like they've like Balor's always been face until three weeks ago in a WWE, and I think AJ when he was actually part of the club, they were heels again, mm-hmm. and then he turned face and left, and then he then they turned heel again and joined. So, and obviously they it's not a Bullet Club reunion because they were never in the Bullet Club at the same time. Balor was with Gallows and Anderson, yes. and then Balor left and AJ joined. Uh, no, it was later on. So Balor, Balor was the I mean, first. Not immediately, but I yeah, mean, like yeah. after Balor left, AJ then joined up with the club later on. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that this moment was scripted between AJ and Finn and not, like, Gallows and Anderson were down at this point. And basically, mm. as, as far as we know, they, they maybe didn't even see Balor because... There wasn't a resolution to the match. This no. was the end of the show. It the just end ended. The show was just the referee. <laughs> the referee died uh, during the the Keith Lee pounce. Yeah, and that was the end. And then at some point, someone just went, "Well, good show, guys." Boink. Yeah, and that, was, that, was, that was the end. Yeah. So I'm, I'm imagining next week we're going to see uh, some sort of after yes. NXT went off the air recap, and maybe we see some like Balor in the ring. With, well, the thing we've sorry, the thing we missed out is. Adam Cole coming in. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. So that's how it actually ended. Because then Adam Adam Cole's coming yeah, so with then, the super so, kick. Hey, sorry, yeah. So Balor does the fingers at uh, Champa or AJ or one of them. AJ goes for the Styles Clash, but Cole slides into the ring and super kicks him in the face and then stares down Balor and then hits the last shot on Champa and stares down Balor yeah. from the center of the ring and that's how the show goes off air. I like the fact that that was the way they very specifically and i think correctly chose to just remind everyone that the reason Balor was there is because he's got this match coming up yeah not uh oh it's all teams and bullet clubs let's just have undisputed era turn do you know what i mean like, i like yeah, the yeah. fact it was just adam cole well, it, it just reminded everyone oh yeah that's why this is happening mm-hmm. and, it, and it refocuses things back to nxt as well because yes. the stare like as, as good as the moment is between aj and Balor. uh Refocusing Cole and Balor as the final moments goes. This is an NXT thing, and not <laughs> oh a God. survivor, se- and not a Survivor Series thing. <laughs> Went down the wrong so, way. Oh, lovely! <laughs> it's got super kicked by that glass of water. <laughs> Uh, 
Well, right. let's uh, let's have a little look at the super chats and see what people have been saying Good about uh, this episode of NXT so far. There's a couple that we've got to go through that were missed from Raw slash AEW. Connor Shaw said, "Speaking of KO, where is Alexa Bliss? I'm assuming that's something to do with." Uh, the attacking angles that have been happening on yeah. WWE because KO wasn't on SmackDown. Um, this might have been covered, to be fair. Uh, Lucas Harrison said, saw AEW live last night. It was awesome. Who in AEW do you think is the best on the mic? I think Chris Jericho. He knows how to get the crowd involved. I think after Cody Rhodes' promo in AEW, and we're not going to spoil any AEW things on this show, so if you haven't seen it, you're mm-hmm. safe. Uh, but Cody's promo on AEW it's last incredible. night is genuinely incredible it gave me tingles and i'm not even particularly like invested in cody or AEW massively like yeah it's an incredible promo it's it genuinely is an amazing bit of uh mic work Uh, nxt miscellaneous mike dempsey says still waiting for real talk on gallagher uh i'm don't know if that's i don't really know what that's about for real talk on gallagher is that jack gallagher yeah yeah is he just has he done a naughty? Is he just missing? I don't know. What's he done? Uh, Tell us more. Sterling Van says, I hope Killer Kelly comes to NXT one day. I can't exactly explain it, but watching the first Mae Young Classic, her match against Sarah Logan made me a fan of both of them. I think uh, Sarah Logan in the Mae Young Classic was fantastic. Yeah. And she was completely underused in the Riot Squad. There was a moment where they were teasing Sarah Logan to end up in like a number one contendership mm. in a tournament somewhere. Um, and I was like, yeah, go on, Sarah. Like, it was, it was the Gauntlet match yeah, um, that was they it. did. And it was really, she was amazing in that. Yeah. And I thought, actually, the, the, and the, so I've also forgotten that, even though I never liked the character, Lacey Evans was a standout in the Mae Young as well. Mm. Like, it's, it's kind of a shame that she's got this tarnished in some way by what by the sort of storylines or whatever. But actually, if you remember back, she was also one of the really impressive people in that. So I think there's, mm. there's a few people who are sort of, bubbling under the surface that hopefully in the next year, over the next year we'll start to see them I think she's going to end up a, a Viking Raiders valet the female yeah, Viking the Valkyrie yeah. or something uh, Sterling Van also says only Lorcan versus Matt Riddle would be really nice hashtag lovely time with the chill boys mm. well not so chill now I've choked to death yeah I don't know if we're the chill boys or whether Matt Riddle is the chill boy because of all the weird, because <laughs> uh, only Lorcan isn't very chill. But, but like Matt Riddle might be. I like the fact his character is very much like, oh, he's the stoned guy. Well, his char- but we just his don't char- talk about that. His character is poorly sure. It's yeah, it's just like, yeah. yeah. You see, when he got actually, that's what, when they when he jumped into the ring at the start of the match, so, where he still managed to flick off his sliders at AJ before he hit. Uh, did you see that? No. <laughs> he leapt in and still did the little <laughs> at AJ and he bottle <laughs> off. Him. Uh, some miscellaneous chats as well. We'll just do these last, these three before we move on with the rest of the show. Seth Amphetamine says, Super tough dude, Laurie Blake. STD, STD. Yeah. It's not a chant I want following me around, hey. frankly, but. It's better than Housemate you know Hyman. What? Get Housemate, Hy- <laughs> Housemate Hyman and the STD. There we go. That's our tag team name. Uh, Josh Saloom says, Just found out a family friend's son got shot this past weekend. Thanks oh, for no. making my day better. Long live Russell Talk. You gents always figure out some way to get me laughing, and you have no clue how much I appreciate you. Oh. Well, thank you, Josh. Um, I hope they get better. Yeah, my uh, condolences as well. Um, but thank you for your super chat, and hopefully we can cheer you up a little bit. Mike Dempsey says, Prayers out to the Saloom family. Cup of tea. Classy gent, Mike. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, let's move on with the rest of NXT uh, and move back to the next thing after Damien Priest versus Pete Dunne yeah Damien Priest versus Pete Dunne so a match I didn't necessarily want to see again but I'm actually quite glad yeah, I did it's, it's, that was, this is the first sort of um, they've still got these moments haven't they in the, in the new two hour NXT where this match would have happened on the old NXT it would have been about 45 seconds and it would have just just it would have started and Killing Dane would have come straight out mm-hmm. and it would have just been one of those oh let's see what the reaction is for David Priest yeah. let's get him a bit of exposure but really it's just that angle now they're just having the match so there's a few matches now that happen you just go oh I don't know why this is happening but yeah fine I'll watch it <laughs> yeah well I think cause it's funny that this is also by the way this angle is happening t- in reverse every week yeah. <laughs> they keep doing stuff and then at the end of it go ah Angle. Yeah, they're like <laughs> Killian Dane. Killian, all Killian Dane is doing now is just being. He's just like interrupting. It's just he's like yeah. not. He's the interrupting cow. It's like it's just this really weird angle for him. But this match, at least, like the match against Pete Dunne with Damian Priest was the first match where I was like, oh, I understand Damian Priest now, and I actually get the character. And what he's about, yeah, he's and a he, sexy man, and, and he, but and he chose a side, like he chose like to be heel or face. He wasn't just like all we saw before was like weird squash matches where it didn't look very impressive because he was just doing sort of rolling elbows and rolling kicks and then mm-hmm. doing his crossroads thing. Um, 
And when he went against Pete Dunne and actually had to put on a longer show, you were like, oh, okay, I get why they signed you. Because the punishment Martinez matched he had before they forced the name change on him was really good. Yeah. Um, he's really talented. Yeah, he's, and that, but that's the thing. So he was clearly more well-suited to longer matches. And I'm glad the format went to two hours because now they're just like, just put more wrestling in the show. Yeah. That was their solution to going to two hours, which was the right solution that was the right thing to do and not just have a 20-minute talk show yeah. segment somewhere in the middle of it with The Miz. Yeah. Um, I do think there's... St- and it's one of those matches also that proved the the sort of slightly newer age philosophy around wrestling, which is that, you know, the whole point of all wrestling matches is that someone needs to go over mm-hmm. and there needs to be reasons why they go over, heel or face, and then you move on with the angle, right? Yeah. And I do think there's, there's, there's a slightly old-school mentality, which means that sometimes people can't really understand why you would you would have these sort of like strong squashes or you would have quite competitive matches that still ended in the same way or whatever. I think it's because the moves just got more spectacular. I think it looks like, I think to a younger audience, it doesn't seem so, uh, doesn't seem like so, uh, as much of a whitewash as I think some old, sort of slightly old school fans think it might be. Because mm. I just see that's, that's just sort of a bit of a weird thread that happens with some of the NXT match where they go, well, I don't really know what the, point is of just two people having a really competitive match and then an angle happening it's like well it's because they should be competitive yeah that's why it's and because spectac- it's and a it's spectacle. a spectacle yeah and it's a show and i think you can have these matches and they're a bit of an nxt specialty i talked about them in the last last week where mm. it's like they're able to have these matches that are entirely designed to just generate an angle and put someone over but they make them just competitive enough that they're really fun to watch and they deserve their own place and the other person doesn't get made to look like a chump. It's yeah. why only Lorcan has gone on to become such a star. You know, he yeah. was the he was just the De blank facto, seller yeah. of moves that became his own, you know, mm. thing. And I think, yeah, I think this is a perfect example for that match where it's like, oh, these two guys are actually kind of vying for the same spot, but this match is obviously only to put Pete Dunne over and then have the angle. And yet they still just had a really good competitive match. Yeah, and, and but also, and, it cre- and the angle created... Th- Two different possibilities of a feud. Yeah. Like it created the continuation of Pete Dunne, uh, Killian Dane, and it created the new angle of Damien Priest, Killian Dane. Yeah. Which which both are great options. And I think the, the interesting thing, it wasn't just a, a complete rehash of the match they had before. Like Pete Dunne did his usual spots, the moonsault from the corner. He did the flipping out of a German suplex, kick you in the back of the head thing. He grabbed fingers all over the place. Mm. Damien Priest equally did his rolling boots and his jumping off the top rope tope. That his, like, crazy... his middle rope tope thing that he does to the outside that was nuts. It's so smooth as well. But they added tope. in some really nice new little spots here. There was a, there was a great bit where um, Dunn does a backflip off the steps. So he does his yeah. normal running into the corner backflip. He does it off the steps. Priest, though, turns around and catches him in a chokeslam and chokeslams him onto the apron. Yeah. I just loved that moment. I was yeah. like, that looks brutal. and But a really clever use of like the kind of scripting of Pete Dunne's moveset. Like we, yeah. you, if you've watched Pete Dunne wrestle, you know that he does that corner backflip. He already did it once in the match to be like, this is a thing I do, and then just did it on the outside. It looked yeah. great. Um, and I just I thought there was a lot of like clever stuff here where like Priest starts to beat him down at the end, and then that's when Dunn gets hold of the fingers and they kind of break apart, and then uh, that's when we build to the finish with where Dunn does some quite clever stuff to get into the uh, the sort of rolling cross arm breaker because it's uh, Priest goes for a crucifix bomb off the top, goes to pick him up, but does the archer thing. That's when he grabs the Dunn grabs the wrist, gets the fingers. 
kicks him in the uh, sort of backs him into the corner with the referee and then we get the call back to the finish of the first match they had where Damien Priest went low and Dunn just lays one into his balls <laughs> rolls him through into the uh, arm breaker and then snaps the fingers and then pulls yeah. the arm back and gets him to tap out the only thing I I found myself at that point thinking was do too many people have the arm arm bar as a finisher now or as at least in their set of finishes I think a lot I think there's been a sort of odd transition in NXT and maybe WWE in general that like a lot more people are using submissions from MMA f- from MMA to finish matches across the board there was a lot more submission finishers yeah. um just generally like the women's division obviously in NXT started the kind of trend of everyone has a submission finisher rather than an actual impact finisher but Mm -hmm. I think that kind of works for women's matches and now the men's side of things there's a lot more tapping out and it doesn't quite mean as much as say like you know Stone Cold not tapping out to Bret Hart sharpshooter back in the day or Bret Hart even using the sharpshooter as his finisher so it is kind of weird that everyone's doing a a submission finisher but I guess maybe the bitter end doesn't look quite as impactful on someone quite as tall as Damian Priest who is massive yeah, I do. Yeah, I just want. It just there's just quite a few notable people that have got the, that are using the armbar now. Yeah, or variations of it. I guess because you can't nice. just snap the fingers and be like, "That's the tap out." You have to snap the fingers yeah. and wrench them. Just be good to see. There's there's so many. I'd be good to see just people just delve more into the MMA stuff and find some more interesting mm-hmm. locks and stuff. Because really, the funny thing is like the sleeper holds and stuff. They're like Samoa Joe does or Shayna Baszler. You know, really, they are um, chokes. Yeah, choke holds. That in MMA are like the most devastating joke. They're yeah. they're the ones that that, that people just have made careers on. Just, you know, yeah, just pass. So out. it's just funny how that's now been trained back into the audience. But yeah, I think a lot of people seem to be using the armbar, and mm. it seems a bit. Someone needs to kind of delve into the their back pocket of MMA moves and come up with a new, a, a different type. Yeah. Different one. So after the match, um, Killian Dane runs in from behind and attacks Pete Dunn, um, backs him into the corners, beating him down. Priest gets up, drags Dane off, and then starts to beat. Uh, done down too. Killian Dane is like, what you do that for? Headbutts Priest out of the ring. He then uh, huge tackle to Dunn in the corner, who sl- sort of slumps out, and then he mm. hits the big Vader bomb. But then as he he shoves the ref out, as, oh, so the ref just sends him away. He then goes to walk up the ramp. Everyone sh- uh, chanting, "Shave your back, <laughs> shave your back, shave your back!" And then Priest runs back in and starts to brawl with him. Um, but he throws him into the steps, cannonball into the steps. He leaves them both laying and walks back up the ramp victorious. Um, Dane looks awesome doing all this Dane stuff. Dane does look really awesome, and it's really good deployment of him. He then got fuzzy wuzzy chance as well. So maybe maybe the back shave is yeah. on the cards. No, but I, I love how they've subtly changed his look. Mm-hmm. I like the sort of new sort of aggressive characterization he's got. I just think it's it's all subtle. It was all there before, yeah. but I think it's just they've just slightly. It's a very subtle repackage. I think it's really worked for him. I think it's one of those things with him, though, where it was um, like insanity. He was just the muscle, mm. and now he's the muscle and the brains, and it works. Yeah. For, like he's clearly quite a complete wrestling package. As he's a very good promo, um, and he's obviously incredibly talented in the ring and can move really fast for a massive guy. Oh yeah. So I, ju- I just think this this p- version of Killian Dane is much better than the Sanity one, to me. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. yeah. Uh, we then got Tainara versus... Oh no, so we then got uh, the Women's War Games uh, backstage stuff where they were announcing that Baszler picked Io Shirai and Bianca Belair. There was one left to choose. This all happened on WWE backstage, or the bump, I think. All of these announcements the bump, are like... The bump, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ripley chose Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox. 
We then see Dakota Kai backstage warming up. She says to Kathy Kelly that she was intimidated by Baszler, so she was going to prove to Rhea tonight why she deserves to be on her team. Shayla says, Shayna had said that she was a wasted pick, but we'll see what she says after I kick her face off. So there's a good little baby face promo from Dakota Kai and setting up some stuff that will play into uh, later where they've picked half of Team Kick, weirdly, for the Women's War Game match. Uh, We then got Tainara versus Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett, who has terrible music. God awful yeah, music. Bad music. Bad gear. Is, I didn't like the gear either, but no. we've not seen Santana Garrett before. This was her first showing on Yeah, this was her first TV, right? Yep. Uh, this match was the one where I was like, I don't know why this is on this show. I don't know. I don't. It's it got a little bit too much time, I think. Yeah, and they, and they, they did their best on commentary to be like, There's a, there are spots open on both teams for the women's war game. See, match, that's the bit I didn't like, because it was like, but they've done so much to um, build the narrative of who may or may not be in those slots. Yeah. And those slots only work if the crowd, you know, it has to be like a big announcement. So these two obviously aren't going into that. So I, th- I was a bit, give them something else to, to work with. Give them the reason to, mm-hmm. to work, you know. Like the thing they kept doing really subtly in last week's episode was they constantly reinforced the fact that even though this lo- these loose alliances are forming you know, between the faces and heels now, mm. ultimately, individually, they all want a shot at the title. Yeah. And that's ultimately why they're doing anything that they're doing. So I think you can just, you, there could have been a bit more of that kind of character build in this match, just to give it a bit more of a, a reason to exist. Yeah. And um, I don't think the, it felt like the, the match pace was very slow. Yeah. At times, there was a lot of um, very, very telegraphed moves, particularly on Santana. There was a t- time where Santana was doing really deep arm drags, and she was really like, "Yeah, yeah." In now, and it, it just all felt like if I, it was if the whole thing was ten percent faster, yeah. it would have it would have got. But even, all the moves are good, and I really like Tenara. I thought her. I think she's come on leaps and bounds yeah. as well. I think she's like she did a. There was a. Like um, a running knee strike she yeah. did against Santana in the ropes that looks amazing. She does this new kicking their uh, arm when they're hanging on in the corner. Yeah. Like she goes to like drag them out and drag them up to slam them and then just fakes them out and then kicks the yeah. arm. Her finisher, the sort of Brazilian kick where she just took Santana's face off, yeah. was awesome as yeah. well. All the judo throw stuff was great. I think she came out of this looking pretty good, yeah. actually. it's. A, I think overall for her development, though, I would prefer to see her in the ring with someone slightly better. But I get that she has to have this match so she can get yeah. some wins under but her belt. But at the same time, she never really wins. You know, Santana Garrett, she's the second generation wrestler. I wonder whether she's. I don't know enough about her, but th- so once I knew that, I mm. kind of wondered. Oh, actually, is this a bit of a? You know, like when Cassie Sona used to take on sort of almost local talent in a yeah. way, and it was actually more that maybe Santana Garrett is actually, I presume, actually a lot more experienced than we're giving her credit for and actually probably had to slow... and she, Maybe she was actually controlling the match. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like it just felt like it was deliberately slow for some reason. Yeah, this felt like the filler match, if anything, uh, on this... But I still, I still... I didn't think it was bad. No. It just had... A, it just had I think because of the... It just seemed... To, it just had a, it had a pace that was strange that stood out mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, but I thought they, they were both good and it just needed to be a bit more... Yeah, Fast. I think it was it was bookended by much more interesting, better stuff. So yeah. it just it, it, this was the weak link in the show. Uh, we then got a Tony Nice video package saying that he's the premier athlete. We got Baszler warming up backstage with Duke and Shafir. We then got an Angel Garza promo package. They then put over Survivor Series, and then we then got Dakota Kai versus Shayna Baszler. 
I really, really liked this match. I did. I really liked it. The thing I keep noticing the most, so whenever I see the the horse women, mm-hmm. the MMA horse women, yeah, um, the the other two, well, I always I always mix their names. Jasmine Duke and Duke and Shafir. Marina Shafir. I always get their first names on my round. Um, sometimes they uh, Shafir underacts and Duke overacts. Mm. Sometimes when they're in the background, sometimes I find it a little bit jarring. I'm not. It seems so obvious that they're being kept away, away a bit, whilst also having to also be the apparent muscle for the top. Yeah, who I think the, is actually who is the muscle. Yeah, yeah the and who also happens muscle. to be at the minute my favourite female performer in WWE. Like, yeah, I she's think incredible. I think Shayna Baszler is awesome in all the ways wrestlers can be awesome. Mm. And yeah, it's it seems odd that her backup are clearly still very, very still very much in the developmental part of NXT yeah. well, there's nothing wrong with that no other than the fact that they're on this stage and sometimes they just look a bit deer in the headlights a little bit overreacting a bit and mm-hmm. it can actually be sometimes it's one of those weird things where if you don't notice it you don't notice it but once you've noticed it it can be quite distracting mm. so when they're in the background of promos I sometimes just find myself looking at them kind of doing all this like uh, crazy yeah, over the top yeah, stuff yeah. rather than listening to the promo yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean, that's it's that's nitpicking. The the only I don't really know. I mean, that kind of answers my next thing, which is I don't really know why this is Baszler in this match. Mm. You kind of think you'd hold her back because she's as captain of her team. Yeah, yeah, and then she's and what and really the narrative to me would make more sense if she was saying, as the captain, I am laying down this challenge in yeah. some way for you to overcome. Yeah, as opposed to oh no, I'll just take you on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think normally they should keep champions. Yeah, above the fray of that kind of yeah, she should be you know, like so confident that she's going to win at war games that she's going to prove it by taking on oh I don't know Dakota Kai who I'm not scared of. But I like the story they told. You know, the, besides the story of them getting to the ring, I like the story they told in the ring that that Dakota Kai wasn't afraid of Baszler. Yes, and so we've had all these matches back when like Baszler like kayfabe injured Dakota Kai's arm and stomped it and broke it and we have had all the replays of Dakota Kai crying after that and all that kind of stuff here at the beginning of the match there's all this bit where she just does all these pump like fake outs on Baszler she goes to hit her and then she just pie faces her she goes to kick her and then she just steps to one side and kicks her like lightly on the side of the head I really liked that storytelling because then Baszler turned it up a notch and took control and started working over Dakota Kai and Dakota Kai was suddenly right back in that moment again like oh yes (laughs) and I I just think it was a real I think they work really well together Dakota Kai since returning has had a sort of new fire she's moving quicker she's got such awesome like obviously captain of team kick kicks but the the kind of inventiveness of them i really enjoy like the, yeah. the i've said it a couple of times the sort of pull out on the apron spin them around kick him in the head spot yeah. i love the one she does where she swings up on them and then knees them in the face like she's got such a cool move set yeah, i'm glad she, she re- got rid of the <clears throat> roly poly finisher that she was doing though yeah she sort of rolled into a backstabber yeah, it just didn't. It, the role, the role was mm. sort of clearly designed to generate momentum, and in, actually in took it all, all away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the match ends like there's a bit. There's a really good bit with a uh, that was it. They did a gut wrench superplex off the top in the middle of the match, and that was when Kai kicks out, but she looks completely rocked. Mm-hmm. They then start slugging it out. It turns into this big brawl. Um, they did a double down spot where they sort of like there's a big right hand. Uh, Kai 
dodges and then gets a headbutt, runs into a roundhouse kick, discus forearm from Kai. She runs in for a corner kick, but she eats a roundhouse, and then she runs around and hits the corner kick on the other side of the ring. The, it's the, like a face wash, they keep calling it. Um, Duke and Shif- So then, what was it? She rolls through the ropes. Ah, oh, that was it, yeah. So then, then we ended up with a, a step-up knee to the jaw. Kai kicks out, but then immediately gets put into the Kirafuda clutch. Yeah. Tries to roll out, but then eats another kick and then jumps jumps up. And yeah. Fraser sort of swings her into another Kira Fruda clutch. They roll and try to get to the ropes. But as she reaches out, Baszler uses her leg to grapevine yeah. the arm and then forces Kai to tap out. It was, I really it was, liked. It was a great finish. It, like, it really uh, showed uh, Dakota Kai's new character. Mm-hmm. Not new character, but like the sort of resilient baby the evolution phase. of her yeah. character, yeah. Um, and I thought, so I thought she came off really strong. I just thought, and it made Baze look awesome. Made her just look so in control of mm-hmm. you know the action. And like I love the way when she did the grateful thing. It was like this is it just felt really real. Yeah, you know. And she 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 really does have that like she brings that element of realism mm-hmm. to to her matches in a way that never also also never takes away from anyone else doing some quite fantastical kicks or whatever like yeah, she's yeah. Sort of, it's it's she's such a fascinating worker but i thought they had great chemistry mm. and like that big gut wrench off the top was a huge spot was awesome yeah. well i'm really look i like i like the fact that you can we can keep coming back to this match and we can keep replaying it in like kai's not scared and then she becomes scared because Baszler will always go to a darker worse level of mm. baselerness to to put you down and make you hurt and the day that Dakota Kai beats Shayna Baszler, if she's the next, like even if it's not for the yeah. championship, but that day is going to be like a momentous occasion because yeah. even at the end of this match, again Dakota Kai becomes victim Dakota Kai because Duke and Shafir jump in the ring, start beating her down. Then the whole uh, same other, as last other week, war games team, happens, yeah, so yeah. The, the big brawl breaks out with all the war games teams coming down, and they're all brawling. And then Mia Yim runs out uh, with a kendo stick. And goes to town yeah. on every single person on the other team, standing tall in the ring uh, with Ripley and all that stuff. She looked amazing here. Mm-hmm. This was like a fired up Mia Yim with the right kind of venom and vigor behind all those hits. It, she looked awesome. Yeah. I really like this angle. Um, and I just wrote at the end there, uh, yeah, I think, I think Mia Yim's going to get picked by Ripley. Yes. But interestingly, we'll come to it later when we get back. That's what it, that's what they telegraph. That's what they, yeah. That's what it seems like at the end of that yeah. angle. But then there's another bit, we'll, and we'll get to that when we go to the uh, the reveal later on. Uh, we then get an NXT invasion recap, and it's a really really good video package of what happened on Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. and NXT standing tour. I thought it was really cool. Kathy Kelly's backstage with Champa, Lee, and Riddle. She asks about a fourth member for the War Games match. Champa says one war at a time. Uh, he says, welcome to NXT, boys, to the OC. We left the door wide open, suggesting that they're not afraid. They were expecting this completely. We then get a video package for Isaiah Swerve Scott, who's wicked. We then got Tony Nese versus Angel Garza to decide the number one contender for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Loved this match. Yeah, this is Yet great. Yeah, another one that I really, really enjoyed. Also, another bit of really simple booking. Mm-hmm. Two guys who are, broadly speaking... Quite high up the totem of the cruiserweight division. Yeah, number one contender. Why not? Just do it. I, I love it when booking like that just mm-hmm. happens because I didn't. I, there's no. You don't need to think about it too much. Yeah, and it just gives them something to wrestle for. It, you know, it, it just. Again, you know, we say it all the time, but like, when wrestling's simple, it's great. Yeah, 
And like, this is a great example of that. Just two guys. And it's glad, good to see Tony Nice doing, like, like getting back into the, you know, because I don't think we've ever really seen him no. reach, reach anywhere close to his uh, potential. Not in terms of... Even not, though he was cruiserweight champion. Yeah, and I don't mean that necessarily as a worker, but just in terms of the classic brass ring bullshit that mm. happens with all, you know, uh, WWE talent over the last couple of years. Naughty for swearing. Sorry. Um, but... Yeah, I just thought it was really. Cool. I just did. I just thought it was really cool to see him back, and I thought they, these two had really cool chemistry. Yeah, Nice um, is so good at being a sort of like when people are a bit weird. He's really good at being. He's like so straight laced, the sort of yeah. professional athlete thing that he gets like thrown off by people's weirdness. Yeah, in a and sort I, of really I, funny way. I love that. Yeah, and there was this whole bit they they did a great spot building around Garza taking his trousers <laughs> off, which <laughs> I, think, I, just, I do just think is such a fun little it's spot great. to play with, and. Garza undoes them and like stops Tony Nice. Uh, I can't remember what he did uh, to stop him, but he just yeah he just holds him back with one hand and goes to do the trousers. And Nice just gives him this huge chop, stopping yeah. him. And then they build into this whole spot in the corner. Nice does a uh, goes for the sunset power bomb onto Garza out of the corner. Garza holds on. Nice tries again, doesn't get it. Tries a third time, and the trousers come away, and he sunset power bombs the trousers onto the floor, <laughs> leaving Garza like in, just in his trunks. I just loved it. I thought it was so fun. I thought it was funny how the crowd still react to the trousers coming off as if someone's trousers just came off. Mm-hmm. They don't react to it as if like, oh, he's, that's just his gear. Like they they react they react it. To, they react to it as if like like if my trousers came off. <laughs> they go, they're all like, ooh, <laughs> it's such a fun spot. I I just I loved it, and Garza is. Getting more and more over as time goes on as well. I think he's yeah. like he's going to be a really big deal in NXT. Yeah, I, think. I hope I hope that they don't immediately turn him into the sort of in the mold of a Del Rio, the sort of good looking, sort of like lucha, mm. sort of uh, icon, smarmy, rich, like all that kind of stuff they've done before. I hope they they just let him. Because he's actually, yes, he's very handsome, but in a sort of like cute way. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he's sort of got such a like a, a boyish face. I think he actually, I'll have, I'd like to see him really work as a face. Yeah. And I feel like the temptation for WWE, to be honest, with any Mexican wrestler that doesn't have a mask, is to make them heal. Mm. And I hope that they let, let him build in his own. Because this has become, this is quite organic. Well, let people decide. Yeah, let people decide what he is kind yeah. of as he goes on. I think he's. He's just playing a very fun character yeah. at the moment that is going over because it's really fun. Yeah. Um, and I think this match was a good way to do it because Tony Nese looked good but made Garza look even better. The, yeah. the end of the match comes as Garza hits a sort of... He bounces Nice off the top rope in a powerbomb, steps backwards a bit and hits the big powerbomb. Then he goes for his uh, springboard moonsault from the second rope. Mm-hmm. But lands on his feet because Nice has put his feet up, catches Nice's feet... Rolls him over and then gets into uh, his wing clipper thing, which is like a sort of. Yeah, I'm not it's, crazy. It's the, it's about the rampage, it. right? Isn't it? Yeah, is that what, kind that's of. That's what yeah. it was called. Something like that. I'm not crazy about that finisher. No, I mean, it doesn't just, look very nice. Because I just think it's fine when it's it's fine when it's two amazing athletes who are about the same size, but if he just drops from his height. With anyone, I don't know. I just, it doesn't look that. It looks damaging. a bit. It looks a bit too clunky. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's a fine. You know, thing. it's a bit like it's a bit like, you know how um, Velveteen Dreams DDT always kind of felt like I had one too many steps in it. Yeah, and the same with Andrade's Hammerlock DDT. Mm. And over time, they've worked out ways of making it a little bit fluid, a little bit more, more fluid. fluid and yeah. now it works. I feel like this might be. I don't think this is necessarily when this this move. I think will. Yeah. Well, because you either go the other way and you do the one winged angel, which is so complex that you don't ever hit it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and when it does hit, it pins. Yes. Like, no, like, you don't rarely do people kick out. So, like, yeah. that's the other way you go with it. Anyway, uh, Garza walks up the ramp now, the new one, number one contender. Leo Rush's music hits. He comes out from the back, offers up the handshake. <laughs> Garza just <laughs> slaps him. Slaps Straight up the slaps hell out of him. Like that video that's going around on Twitter at the minute with oh, that, yeah, with that, that tattooed the, guy. The slap competition. Yeah. That was amazing. Um, talking of slaps, in this match, there was a spot where they both did the double chop on their chests. At the same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was brutal. A pair of grizzly magnums. <laughs> that's awful. Uh, we then see Kathy Kelly backstage with Rhea Ripley, uh, and she's joined by all the people who were in the brawl. Obviously, her side of it, not just the other lot. Just stand there. <laughs> well, that was annoying. Um she asks about a fourth member of the team. Um, Rhea says, with what she witnessed out there, that was the kind of brutality that she likes. So she signs up Mia Yim, and then she sort of moves out the way slightly, and we see Dakota Kai crestfallen in the background, which I thought was, like, good selling from Kai of being like, oh, I'm really upset yeah. here. She I thought was... Mia Yim's reaction was a little bit odd, because she'd just come out and been this, like, awesome ass-kicker. Yeah. And then was like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was a bit like, no, no, be a bit. I was hoping she'd be a bit more a bit like, like damn straight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I'm holding was quite, a kendo. I'm still holding a kendo yeah. stick. It's like they were. It's like her and Dakota were both sorry that she was in it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit. It was a bit odd. So here's but. my rogue choice from this though. So now Dakota wasn't picked by Rhea Ripley's team. Is Baszler going to choose Dakota? I know what you mean. I think had they done because who else is there? Well, there's well that's one. There's Duke and Shafir, sure. Sure, but there's also... But Shafir as the final mystery, like, because it would be Shafir because Duke's still, like, hmm. only just recovered from injury, I'd imagine. Like, yeah, there's there's always room to do the, maybe they just throw in an unexpected person, like... Yeah. Ronda. Well, not Ronda. Storm, maybe. I think, you know I mean? I like, think if, if Ronda's coming back, it's a Survivor Series. Yeah, but like, I just, I, well, that's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to debut someone. Or... Um, if, if if the end of the match had ended with a some some other some moment between Dakota and Shayna, yeah, I think that would have made that a lot more obvious that that yeah. switch could happen. I, I just wonder. They I just wonder because it's like it's like then it's like Baszler's team's got a hostage. So at like, this say, point, at this point, I don't know who else it could be. Yeah, say all the bits where they're locked in the cage at the beginning of the match, and like Rhea Ripley and Baszler start out the match in the ring, but. Like Duke, uh, sorry, Bianca Belair and Io Shirai get locked in this cage with Dakota Kai, and they just obviously are now trapped. She's trapped in a cage with two people that mm. can just beat her up, and they can basically hold her hostage to the other. One if they, one if they could even do like a a double where like I mean this is just me fancy booking it now, but they just let's say they just sort of not they just don't bother getting that fourth yeah the heels, and then so they just decide to take out one of the other team members. So it looks like it's going to be... So then they, the faces then ask Dakota to finally be a part of the team. And then at the start of the match, she just switches sides. And it's just like a brutal... That would be quite cool. Yeah. That isn't what they're going to do. I think, that, I think it will be Dakota. But I, don't, I also don't know why they would necessarily suddenly switch. It would be a bit silly to pick Dakota because she might also just lie down and let Tegan Knox pin her. And also, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you there's know what that. I mean? be like, and we won the match. Okay, yeah, fine. and also you can't suddenly... You know, she's, they've only been back a couple of weeks. And I don't think we can suddenly start... No, flipping them 
like we don't need to start turning them already. No, no. I just, I just wonder if there's some like as a sort of weird psychological. Maybe there's some storyline there yeah. with that. It seems like that's that's definitely it, they're suggesting something like that. Could it's happen. an interesting character dangle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that classic, that classic narrative device. Yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> um, so we then got uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Dominic Dijakovic uh, in a wicked match. I yeah. loved this. This was this was another. On what it was a show full of highlights, this was another really, really fun match. It's interesting because I think we've had so much Dijak versus Keith Lee recently. It's good to see him work with someone of a slightly different build. Yeah. And again, go back to being the dominating powerhouse style, mm. but also able to do all the high flying stuff when he's in there with someone who is so clearly a high flyer. Yeah. I um, think the interesting thing about Dijakovic is a big part of his appeal. And perhaps this is just appeal to sort of maybe a, a different kind of fan, but like his athleticism, I think, is used almost best when he takes moves that bigger guys don't normally take. You yeah. know, like sure, him and Keith Lee can do the flipping pile driver, but I don't think Keith Lee could take that from uh, Swerve Scott no. and take it so perfectly. I think that's something that I think I, I'm always amazed at um, Dijakovic's ability to take these. Mm -hmm you know, cruiserweight-like moves and take them so smoothly and, you know, really sell them, but then also, you know, also make sure that throughout his matches he constantly sells the choke slam and help and that, yeah. and, that, and his big moves. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it was a greatly, great work match. Well, really, this was really one of the, like, this was, it was a match that wasn't really going anywhere. It didn't have a story to it beyond they're just two great guys. You get to see them as a sort of yeah. warm-up for the main event. They, they've been pushing Isaiah with a few, a few of those packages over the last Yeah, and, he, and he won on 205 and 205 this week, I think, is coming from full sale anyway and I yeah. think maybe probably that's a trial run for the future. Um, this was just a whole lot of fun. They started out yeah. and like Dijak was trying to hit him on the floor and he kept doing like little teddy bear rolls out the way yeah, and then yeah. he kips up and goes, feast your eyes. Then they did a they did the um it was the suit like he crotches Dijak in the corner, hits him with a super kick, and then does a sort of pop-up pendulum DDT thing. Dijak kicks him off the top rope, drags him into the torture rack and goes to the feast your eyes, rolls him up for a close two. But then uh, Isaiah flips out of the feast your eyes and rolls him up in the process of it, gets a really close two. I just thought this was kind of well played in the power game in that Dijak yes. is very strong, but Isaiah is very crafty. Yeah, and also it kind of suited because Dijak's finisher, the sort of yeah. that thing, like the way he kind of rolled out of that as well. Mm. Like I think, I think yeah, it kind of, they, they had great chemistry. As, you know, Because also Isaiah's got quite... He's bigger than I thought he was. Mm -hmm. He's quite tall, isn't he? Yeah. He's not. He's not like a super. He's not like some Leo Rush style, you know, super cruiserweight. He's. He's. And I think they. Yeah. They just had a great match. It was just a lot of fun, like you said. Yeah. There was a really good uh, double stomp spot on the oh, apron yeah. that looked really brutal. Like yeah. he, like normally he would do the doubles. They seem to do the double uh, double stomp and then just sort of bail to the floor I said he just landed on the apron he sort of just stood directly he on managed, he managed Dijak to, for a second and then just went okay, he did, now yeah he sort of managed to get his feet to kind of go either side mm -hmm. but also still make it look quite impactful it was yeah it was really well timed so then, and then it sort of built up to a really big choke bomb uh, Dijak picks up Swerve and Swerve's just laughing in his face <laughs> yeah and he goes oh you're, gonna, you're laughing at this we'll laugh at this and goes for the choke bomb again but Swerve gets a poison rana then that's when it goes into the double stomp on the apron uh, but the huge and then a huge clothesline from Swerve turns him inside out we then build to uh, from his knees Dijak goes for the choke there's a big kick Dijak grabs the trunk 
Trunks as Swerve goes to run away and come back in for another attack. He goes for a Cyclone clothesline, but Swerve, which knocks Scott to the floor, who pops right back up, kicks him in the head. Then he goes to get on the turnbuckle, and that's when Dijak turns it into the Feast Your Eyes and gets the, the victory. Yeah. It's a really cool match. Like, Super cool. Very indie. Very yeah. indie. <laughs> very, very indie. Well, yeah. there, was a, there was a complete <laughs> no-sell of an amazing clothesline. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give yeah. it a pass for that. It was, yeah. only one, it was only one very indie there. Um, yeah. But I, I really liked it. And then, uh, then we got a Forgotten Sons promo. For some reason. In case you'd forgotten <laughs> about them. Uh, and then it said, next week there'll be a ladder match for war games for the uh, advantage of the order of entry for war games between Mia Yim and Io Shirai, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and there'll also be the Cruiserweight Championship match between Leo Rush and Angel Garza post-slap. So imagine that to be pretty hard-hitting. We then had the OC versus Champ and Lee and Riddle, and that's what closed out the show. So that was NXT. Uh, time to get into Super Chats now. Uh, uh, let me try and get this to refresh. There we go. That's what we got to. We've got quite a lot now. Um, so, talking about the Raw invasion, Mike Dempsey says, uh, Daniel Bryan, Harper and Rowan invade NXT with the fiend lurking. I think, I think they are correctly trying to avoid any and all retreads of mm-hmm. past uh, Bray story. Yeah, I, I think they should do, like, I wouldn't mind Daniel Bryan going down and having a sort of, you know, his moment to sort of have his, get his own back for what happened on SmackDown with Cole. But I'm, not, I'm not sure they can, I think, I'm not sure they can actually afford for him to go down. I think enough people have actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're, they, need a, they need a bit more, they need to keep some, because he, he's such a big star. Yeah. You know, I think he needs to stay. Well, not permanently. I mean, just for like one week before Survivor Series to get his little comeuppance. I'm not saying they. they oh, send, right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Time. Yeah. Um, uh, Priest versus. On Priest versus Dunn, Mike Dempsey also says Dunn versus Skull in the last finger standing match. I was. I, I've, I think Skull does the finger stuff better, personally. Yeah. I, just, I, don't know, I don't know why I think that. Mm. Um, but I think he's more of a snapper. Uh, but Pete Dunne likes Scott. Pete Dunne likes to work, the, manipulate the fingers more. He likes a bend, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he likes yeah. a bend or, or he, likes a a bite. he likes a bendy finger. Yeah. But Pete Dunne's built a lot of his arsenal around fingers, uh, fingering. Yes. And Skull just does that one spot, really. Yeah. The shh. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit more of a fun spot for Skull, whereas it's literally Pete Dunne's gimmick. Arsenal. Yeah. I think it's gimmick. I think it's his whole gimmick. Uh, on Kai versus Baszler, Wilson Simmons says, "My heart broke when Kai said it's fine and walked off." Good acting. I thought it was really, yeah. I thought it was really good acting. And again, you want to position somebody as the ultimate underdog in each division. You have got Johnny Gargano, who can't really pass for the ultimate underdog in NXT's men's division anymore, but will always kind of have that shine. Yes. Dakota Kai feels the most likely to be that person, um, and I would love it if Dakota Kai was the one to take the NXT Women's Championship off Baszler after all of this mm. is said and done, because I just think it would be so poetic. That, that that's kind of a weird story that's always been bubbling away between them. Um, and I just think the editor in me sits there going like, think of the video package. Yeah, like, yeah, think yeah, of yeah, the video yeah. package. Um, also on Kai versus Baszler, Mike Dempsey says, four horsewomen dream booking warfare. So I'm guessing who would you book against the four horsewomen? Four horsewomen? Four horsewomen? Four horsewomen? Four horsewomen? Uh, as in the MMA ones or the I guess the MMA ones or 
Because there's a there's quite a few there's, horse there's women. There's a lot of horse women. There's a lot of horse girl energy in WWE. Uh, I, you know what's funny? The one thing I would say, I I don't think I ever really, not for a long time, want to see. I don't want to see the original horse four. I can't even say it anymore. Force women. Force women. Um, I don't ever want to see force women, isn't it? It's Ray. From yeah. <laughs> but I don't ever want to see the original ones kind of ever really team up. Because mm. we've seen them team up individually too often to the point where it doesn't even make sense anymore. Yeah. They need to just... So I don't think I'd ever do, like, them versus... But maybe, like, the MMA horsewomen versus, like, a sort of Legends horsewomen would be quite fun. That would be really fun. Just because they, they've, they've done a few Legends angles now, and there's only really... I don't... I'm not sure how many... Beth Lee, Trish. Yeah, I don't, but you've only probably... There's only... I don't think they've they've got quite a limited time left to really sort of still work mm-hmm. in the ring. I mean, Lita's already nearly killed herself doing her own finisher. Uh, <laughs> every, every time. <laughs> was it only, a rumble? Only every time. It was the rumble, wasn't it, when she was last? Yeah. But yeah. So I think yeah, that would be quite She's fun. not been seen since. I know it's a bit sort of like sort of on the nose, but I think that would actually be fun. Cause to, cause just because the viciousness of them, mm. you know, a bit like, like the, the fun thing about, we've, we've seen a lot of like, I'm going to take out some legends to get some heat stuff. Yeah. But like when Autumn was doing it, he was so vicious. Yeah. And I think it would be fun to see a women's stable just be like, oh no, we're not just going to try and beat you, you old gals. Like, we're actually, no, we're gonna, we're, we want to... Murder you. We're going to murder you. Yeah. I think I just think that'd be a cool dynamic. I think it would actually, out. and I think it would actually work from a sort of, um, the perspective of like, you lose a step maybe when you get slightly older, but to take MMA style moves is probably a lot easier because it's just an MMA style yeah. move in the fact that you just, you know, I'm just going to yeah. throw you over here now. I mean, Randy Orton RKO'd May Young. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's that. Uh, miscellaneous NXT chat. Baggy says, whoa, Riddle's 20-hit combo hot tag, his ultra combo, <laughs> uh, was magnifique. Best hot tag along Matt Jackson's, along with Matt Jackson's in the biz. AJ and Bala in War Games, Lee main event for the last three weeks. Wow. I am just obsessed with Keith Lee. He's just my... He's at, He's incredible, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's my favourite worker in the minute. Just, he's unbelievable. Just, he's just so charismatic, and yeah. but so interesting to watch in the ring. Uh, AJ in Balor in War Games. I feel like that's going to be a Survivor Series. Only I think NXT is going to very much be self-contained at TakeOver at War Games. There might be like maybe one closing angle to push people from War Games to Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the, that's the most I can sort of see. It would be fun to see Balor put together a club, finally. Mm-hmm. And take that club from NXT back to Raw or SmackDown, yeah. and then have a thing with yeah. the, a thing with the club, and then that be because what they've signed, they're going to be there for what another their contracts what another like three years. Mm-hmm. So like it'd be, I think in that time, there's time to just have that passing of the torch and let Balor have his own. And to be honest, Keekley should be in it <laughs> as the enforcer. and then and then anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just I think also Balor at War Games is most likely to take on Johnny Gargano. I think that's why they're keeping Johnny out of yes. TV. To it do, seems very deliberate at this big, point, to, doesn't it? You know, yeah. we've got two weeks to go reveal. Uh, our Wrestle Talk miscellaneous Mike Dempsey says Jade Star versus the Librarian. Who wins? The answer is Jade Star, who bullies them with musical ability. <laughs> uh, and that's it for Super Chat. So. Thank you very much for watching. That is all we have time for on this edition of WrestleTalk Live doing the NXT review. If you are watching on Catch Up, please click the videos that have appeared on the desk in front of us to watch more awesome WrestleTalk content and this button right here that will make you a, pe- a pledge hammer 
on Patreon. I almost got through an outro about flubbing it up. I've been anyway. on Fake This has been Housemate Simon, and that was NXT. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 